Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. about Independence Day, it used to be that everyone got involved with it and they were happy about it and, and we all celebrated and today I hope you stay with us because we're going to be having a, a uh, uh, up here they call it a barbecue, uh, we don't call it barbecue down south, we call it grilling. So we're going to have uh, grilled hamburgers and hot dogs, uh, these, are, these are like top quality hamburger and hot dogs, they come all the way from Costco. So we know that they're good, right? Nothing but the best for our congregation. You might want to check the uh, the bread to make sure it doesn't have mold on it. No, I'm just joking. Uh, I don't know what it is in Juno. Bread lasts for like two days and it gets mold on it. But uh, it used to be you could talk about Independence Day. And here recently in America, of all things, because our, our independence is kind of who we are, is Independence Day has gotten political. And I'm not here to talk about politics. I'm not here to bring all that up because I don't think we need to talk about politics. We know who is right and who is right is God, our Savior, right? But the reason I want to talk about remembering who it is ours is because like our forefathers, they understood that what they got was theirs, right? They worked for it. Just like people here in Alaska who are from here, they work for what they got. But how many have come to that situation, you realize in your life that somebody's always trying to take what you have. Somebody's always trying to have their hand in your pocket saying, no, that's mine, or I want it. Or maybe spiritually, the devil has come into your life and taken, taken, taken. He's taking your children. He's taking your finances. He's taking your happiness. Wait a minute, pastor. The, the devil can take our happiness? Yes. He can take our happiness because he can take our health. He can take all these things and cause us to lose sight on who God is. Amen? And we lose sight on who God is. And when we lose sight on that, we forget to worship him. We forget to praise him. We forget to give him honor and glory because we're so focused on what's wrong instead of what's right. And so all of this month, we're going to be talking about taking back what is ours from the devil. Amen? I don't know about you, but I'm tired of the devil attacking my happiness. I'm tired of the devil attacking my family. I'm tired of the devil attacking me. I'm tired of the devil attacking this church. I'm tired of the devil attacking this city. I'm tired of the devil attacking you. I am ready to stand up in the victory that God has given me. Amen. I am ready to stand up and proclaim with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind that my God, his way is better. Amen. His way is better. Praise God. Romans chapter 8, verse 37, simply says this. Simply says this. Yet. I love that word, yet, in the Bible, because what happens is, is Paul was giving all sorts of issues and challenges that they were going through. And Paul says, yet, in all these things. 
and all the trials that you're going through and all the things that you're suffering and all the times that you're crying in your bed at night because you don't know where God is and all the times that you're struggling to see who God is and all the times that you wonder where God is. Yet in all these times, we are more than conquerors. Praise God. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are not conquerors in ourselves. We are conquerors through the blood of Jesus. Amen. We are conquerors in his name and in his name only. When I step out into the world, I don't step out on my own way because the devil is going to defeat me every time. But I step out in the armor of God with the belt of truth and the helmet of salvation and the shield of faith. Just to name three things, I step out knowing that God is with me and God goes before me. God is beside me. God is behind me. God is above me. God is all around me. And he's ready to fight every battle that I'm going through this morning. Amen. For brothers and sisters, there's too many in their church today that live in a constant state of defeat. They get up and tell you a testimony, and I call it a depressedimony. Devil's doing this, the devil's doing that, the devil's doing this. Hey, let me, you can talk about the devil all you want, but let me tell you what God's doing, amen? amen. We need to focus on what God is doing. See, during the time of Israel, they were coming to their last judge and prophet. His name was Samuel. And the Philistines were arming themselves against Israel. They were coming to battle against Israel. The Philistines represents the flesh in the Old Testament. It represents the ways of the world. It represents the enemy. How the enemy is always warring against you. Now, don't think for a minute that the devil or his minions have forgotten who you are. Don't forget, they have, they have daily meetings saying, hey, what's going on with this person? What's going on with... No, I can't prove that, but I'm just going to just bear with me, okay? They have meetings. They want to bring you down. They want to make you less than... They don't really care whether or not you go to church. They just want you to be ineffective. They want you to walk in discouragement. They want you to walk in frustration and anger and denial and, and all those things because you ever notice that when you're depressed, it kind of affects people around you? You ever notice that? When, when, when I get upset in my house, when I, occasionally I get frustrated, okay? And I'm not, I'm not going to say why, but maybe the lights were left on. Come on, dads, where are you at? You know what I'm talking about. Somebody feels like they want to light up Juno through my house. And so I go through the house and I maybe get a little upset. You know, hey, you know, the lights are coming on. You know, I can't afford this electricity through the roof right now. You don't have a job. Help me pay for the light. You know, I get a little upset. And I notice that when I do this, when I get upset, that it affects the mood of everybody in the house. Have you noticed that? Parents, when my wife gets upset, it's very occasional. She's a very sweet woman. But when she gets upset, I use the kids as a human shield between me and her. <laughs> or I say, let's go walking <laughs> or something. And I say, Dad, you hate walking. No, I mean, let's go running. <laughs> let's get out of here. It affects the mood. See, the devil knows that if he can affect us and cause us to have a change in attitude towards the negative, it affects the people around us. But let me have you a counterpoint. But when we get a hold of God, 
when we get a hold of God and then we get the Holy Ghost in us, then that attitude, the attitude and atmosphere of God then begins to affect everybody around us too. Amen? We begin to lift people up. They begin to get encouraged. They begin to say, I, yes, I believe in God. Amen? Listen, we're all going to get upset sometimes. The devil's coming against us. And the people of Israel, they were the Philistines were coming out and they were coming out in force. And so uh, the, the sons of Eli, he was a, the, uh, the head guy, the head um, high priest. He was the high priest of the time. And so they came out and they took, they were coming out against him. And they, Israel at that time, the Bible says this, they weren't really serving God at that time. And so the, the Philistines come about and they saw the threat and they were scared about it. And so they said, oh, what we need to do is we need to go get the Ark of the Covenant and that'll help us. How many know that you can't have the power of God unless you're living for God? Amen. And see, that's where, that's where some of us mess up. That's where some of us don't have an understanding. I see it on Facebook all the time. I see people living like the devil. I see people cussing and putting bad stuff on Facebook and putting vulgar stuff on Facebook. And the next day they're turning around, we need prayers for our family. Listen, I know God can answer prayer, but come on, let's be real, amen? Maybe if we live for God the right way, that God would have already answered those prayers, amen? We need to live a holiness way, Amen? Listen, I understand. You say, well, pastor, maybe, maybe they're crying out to God. But if that were true, they wouldn't go back to their old lifestyle. They just want an easy fix, don't they? People want an easy fix. They're not willing to pay the price for God. And so the Israelites said, oh, we have the image of God. We have the symbol of God. We're going to take it with us, and we're going to go to battle. Some people wear a cross around their neck like that's going to save them. That's not going to save you. That's not going to save you. What's going to save you is devotion and the power of God. Amen. That's what's going to save you. Praise God. The Bible says to believe in him with your heart, with your whole heart. To believe in him with your whole heart means that you give everything to him, not just Sunday morning. Amen. You back it up with your words and your deeds that you do. If you're truly saved of God, then you walk in the ways of God, not halfway with God and halfway with the devil getting quiet in here. That's okay. I'm going to keep preaching. So they went out. They went out and they took the Ark of the Covenant. You know what happens? The Philistines slaughtered them. You know why? Because the Ark may have been there and the Ark may have represented the presence of God and the presence of God did dwell at the Ark, but the presence of God says, no, I'm not with you. I'm not with you. And not only were they, the Israelites slain, but the, the sons of Eli, they were also slain. They were killed. And the Philistines took the Ark of the Covenant in the presence of God. Now, the presence of God was so oppressive to the Philistines, and I'm not going to get into that right now, that they brought the Ark back because they couldn't handle the presence of God. They couldn't deal with it. They couldn't deal with it. And so the Israelites are saying, what do we do? What do we do? We, 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 we want to win against the Philistines, but we're not winning. And they obviously were not winning because of the ark. What do we need to do? And then first, or Samuel says this in chapter 7, verses 3 through 4, 1 Samuel. He says, Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel, saying, If 
Now you realize the word there is if is conditional, right? It's conditional. Conditional. My wife says, if you go to the store, I'll cook dinner. So what that tells me is if I don't go to the store, I'm not getting dinner. Right? She says, if you will fold clothes and put them away, I won't kill you. Right? She doesn't say she's going to kill me, but it's implied. All right? She goes, if you put gas in the tank, then I'll be happy. <laughs> all right? So there's conditional. And the Lord says, if you return to the Lord with all your heart. See, I want, let me stop there for a second. The Bible constantly talks about, and I referenced this earlier, about serving God with all your heart. And, and for some reason, we've turned Christianity into something stoic. And what I mean by stoic is we just kind of come in and we sit there and we turn around. We rise when we're supposed to rise. We sit down when we're supposed to sound, sit down. And we don't do it from the heart. We do it out of, out of, uh, out of habit. We do it out of like some form of, some form of ritual almost. Listen, God wants us to serve him with our whole heart. Amen. Everything about us. He wants this part right here. He don't want us just to observe something for the sake of observing it. As a matter of fact, he says, I want nothing to do with your festivals because you don't even do it the right way. I want you to serve me. Amen. And that's what they're saying. If you return to the Lord with your whole heart, then put away the foreign gods and the asterisks from among you. And prepare your hearts for the Lord and serve him only. And he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So the children of Israel put away the bells and the asterisks and serve the Lord only. Brothers and sisters, that's where we as individuals are. Is we say that we serve the Lord. But we're getting beat up in battle after battle after battle. And it seems like the devil's always winning. Maybe the devil is always winning because we haven't put away those things that we need to put away. Maybe we haven't totally sacrificed ourselves on the altar of God. Amen? Maybe we're holding on to something. Maybe we like to watch movies that we shouldn't watch. Maybe we like to drink something we shouldn't drink. Maybe we like to smoke something we shouldn't smoke. Oh, come on, pastor. It doesn't say, you, it doesn't say that you can't smoke weed in the Bible. It doesn't say, you know, about drinking in the Bible. Let me, let me tell you about these things. I'm going to address that right now. You know why I preach against drinking your weed? Because I see what it does to families. Come on. I see what it does to families. And you can't tell me that having alcohol in your home makes your home better. As a matter of fact, every time I saw a court case when I was in the grand jury, it always involved drugs or alcohol or both. Brothers and sisters, we need to put away these evil devices in our home. And maybe some of you need to get rid of your TV. I'm not sure if you heard that last one. Maybe some of us need to get rid of our TV. If we can't control what comes through that idiot box, is what my grandfather used to call it. If we can't control what comes through that box, then maybe we need to put it aside. Maybe we need to put aside our music, amen? I'm telling you, we need to be a holy, consecrated people to God. We need to live a life that's holy, amen? See, the God, the God Ashereth, 
was a sexual God. It was a God of fertility, and they would put up this God, and they would have ritualistic things around it. I'm not going to go into it because, to be honest, it's just too vulgar. Although, to be honest, you can watch a TV commercial that's much more vulgar than what I was going to talk about. Isn't it amazing you can't even watch TV anymore and they have a commercial? More and more, there's homosexuality on TV just in the commercials. More and more, there's things on commercials or TV that are just unacceptable in the Christian home. If two people came into my home and they acted that way, I would immediately kick them out. But what do we do? We see it on TV. We just turn our head and then go back to watching what we're watching like nothing just happened. Praise God. We need to get rid of that stuff in our homes. We need to get rid of that stuff in our lives. We need to get rid of that stuff in our, it just period. Amen. Because God says, if you want me to fight your battles for you, if you want me to win your battles for you, then you got to lay yourself down on the altar. And see, that's not preached in the church today. You know what they preach in the church today? They leave out this part of repentance, and they just go straight to the victory. Listen, you can't have victory without repentance. You cannot. You cannot have victory without laying yourself on the altar and say, God, cleanse me. Listen, I know that we've come to the altar. We've asked God to forgive us and cleanse us, but we live in a dirty, filthy world, don't we? We live in a dirty, filthy world, don't we? Never in the history of the world has there been a time such as this. Amen? I continue to be amazed at the vulgarity of people on talking about abortion. Like they're horrified that babies will live. They're horrified. And they talk about instances of rape and incest like, like that's the only reason. But then later they, they, they say what they really mean is, I just want to be able to, to have many partners and not worry about having a baby. And they're upset about it. And they're talking about... about uh, harming the Supreme Court justice who did this. They're talking about harming Christians. And I even read one post that says, if we didn't have Christians, we'd be all right. Well, they're going to get their wish one day, but they won't be all right. Right? Amen. They're going to get their wish one day. We are living in a hostile world, amen? We are living in a world that is coming after Christians and believers. We are living in a world that wants to shut us up. And I want to tell you right now, they will not shut this pastor up. They will not shut this church up. We are going to speak the name of Jesus, amen? But God is looking for us to be repentant. God is looking for us to lay down our heart. If you are constantly losing battle after battle after battle, then maybe you need to look at your heart. Maybe you need to look at your life. Maybe you need to examine, am I lining up with the scripture? Am I lining up with what God wants me to do? Oh, pastor, God doesn't care if I do this one little thing. Yes, he does. You know why? Because God is holy. You know what holy means? That means no sin. That means no sin. Well, pastor, we can't possibly, you know, be sinless. Well, no, you're right, but his grace covers us, amen? But that means is that we're trying to get away from that. We're doing everything we can. We're living sacrifices every day, every day on the altar. Say, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. God, fill me with your Holy Ghost. Sanctify me. Cleanse me with your word. See, 
There's so many in the church today that live a life that does not honor God. They live a life that if you didn't know they went to church, you wouldn't think they went to church. See, you have to forgive me. I'm, I'm, I'm becoming more of an old-time holiness preacher because I've noticed that we've stopped preaching holiness in churches. And let me tell you, you know what? Every revival that I've ever studied, you know what started it? It was that there was holiness being taught in the churches, holiness being preached, people wanting to live a life of holiness, people saying no to the devil and no to the flesh, people standing up and saying, I want God in my life, amen? And if there ever was a time that we need revival in the Juneau or Alaska, it is now, amen? But it only comes, it only comes, it only comes when the people of God are willing to say, Lord, I lay myself down on the altar, amen? Hallelujah. See, verse 7 and verse 8, Now when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel had gathered together at Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. When the children of Israel heard it, see, the devil's going to keep coming back to you. He's going to keep coming back to you. So when the children of Israel they, the children of Israel heard it. They were afraid of the Philistines. So the children of Israel said to Samuel, listen to this. Do not cease to cry out to the Lord our God for us, that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. See, God doesn't look at what we say. He looks at what we do. He looks at our heart. He looks at our heart. He's not going to give a lot of credence to someone who talks the talk but doesn't walk the walk. you got to walk the walk. Oh, pastor, I'm just fine the way I am. I don't need anything from my God. Psalm said, David says, the fool says in his heart there is no God. The fool says in his heart, there is no God, because I, tr I promise me, a time is coming that you're going to need God, amen? A time is coming that you're going to need God, and I want him to be there when you call upon him. I want him to be there for you. But God is not going to bless this mess of our lives unless we get over to him, isn't Unless we give ourselves to him. He's not going to just bless this mess. He expects us to clean up. He expects to come into our lives. You know what happens when, when God does this for us? You know what happens when God, um, when we finally give ourselves to God, when we finally turn our hearts around? And, you know, it doesn't mean that you're perfect. Nobody in this room is perfect. It just means you're saying, Lord, I, I want to live right for you. I want to do the right thing. I'm going to do the right thing. You know what happens to that? after that? God literally rains down on top of our enemies. God literally comes down and intercedes and fights the battle for you. Listen to this, verse 10. Now as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines draw near to the battle against Israel. Hallelujah. I love this part. But the Lord thundered with a loud thunder upon the Philistines that day. Has anybody ever here ever heard thunder before? You ever heard thunder? I used to live in the south, southeast. And there's times the thunder would be so loud it would shake the walls. There's times that the thunder would be so loud your heart would stop because you're like, oh my goodness, what is that? It's just so loud. And the Bible says that it confused them 
and they were overcome before Israel. All right, I may get a little happy here, okay? You ready? And I got to tell you, I'm thinking maybe you're going to get there with me. See, when the Lord comes down, your enemy's like, oh my goodness, what is that? Oh my goodness, I'm confused. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. I'm confused. I'm confused. I'm confused. What? Hey, 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 devil, did you hear that? Yeah, what is that? I don't know. I don't know what to do. We were focused on, I don't remember their name now, but I don't know what to do now. See, the devil literally forgets your name at that point. When the Lord comes down, he creates confusion among your enemies, amen? And the people that bothered you, the things that bothered you, the things that come against you are gone. The Bible says that they subdued. Now remember, they were never able to win a battle against the Philistines. But then God, maybe there's things in your life that you've never been able to overcome. Maybe you're battling with cigarettes. Maybe you're battling with alcohol. Maybe you're battling with pills. Maybe you're battling with depression. You're wondering, man, God, where are you at? And God says, give it to me. Give it to me. Let me fight this battle for you. Amen. Let me fight this battle for you. Can you come get this for me? Can you come get this for me? I'm sorry, guys. It's hot. Thanks, Nick. Let me take care of this for you. Let me fight the battle for you. Maybe you're in an abusive relationship. Let me fight the battle for you. Maybe you're struggling with your finances. Let me fight that battle for you. But you've got to give yourself to me first. You've got to lay your heart on the altar. You've got to believe that I am God and that I'm going to take care of it. Praise God. Here's the really cool thing. See, when the Lord comes in and he wins that victory for you, you're not going to see that enemy anymore. You know how I know that? Listen to this. 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 13 says, So the Philistines were subdued, and then they did not come anymore into the territory of Israel. Praise God. Can I read that again? Maybe somebody didn't get that. They did not come anymore into the territory of Israel. Listen, I know it's hot. I know you're hungry. I know you're wanting to eat those high-quality hot dogs and hamburgers. And I, I hope somebody brought some herring eggs today. Not for me, but for somebody else. Somebody told me they brought some kelp today, and I said, I'm happy for you. Right? But can we just take a moment and focus on what God can do for us? Can we take a moment and focus on what God can do for us? I want to tell you right now that your territory, oh, hallelujah, your territory is wherever you set your foot, amen? That is your territory. That is your territory. Your territory is not defined by some governmental standard of lot of land that you pay taxes on. Amen. Your territory is wherever you set your foot. Amen. Because God said it. He goes, wherever you set your foot, that is your territory. When you go home, you set your foot and that is your territory. When you go to downtown Juneau, that is your territory. When you go into your parents' home or your, your, uh, your friend's home or wherever you go, that is your territory. Amen. It is time to bring God 
ride back to Juno. Man, I wonder what it would be like if all the churches came together and preached this message. I wonder if all the churches would come together and realize that we're better together, amen? If all the churches would come together and realize we're not competing against each other, we're here to win the city, amen? We're not here to, to exchange members. By the way, I'm sick of that. Have I said that lately? I'm sick of exchanging members, right? Listen, listen, I, we... We need to go to church and stay where we're planted, amen? We need to stay where we're planted, amen? If God called you to that church, then you need to, you need to stay there. Now, now, if something's going on in that church that is not of God, that's in a completely different story. I'm not talking about that. But sometimes, sometimes we don't like the pastor. I've had people, believe it or not, not like me. But I talked to my wife, and she's over it. It took a while. Still got a little issue with my parents. They're still a little rebellious and not liking me, but we're going to get past that. <laughs> See, brothers and sisters, I'm just crazy enough to believe that God wants to move in Juno. I'm crazy that way. No, Pastor, I, I, just, I just want to go to church, and I just want to stay here till the Lord comes back, and, and I, I don't want to do anything. I, I just want to stay here, and, and I'm going to tell you, you're, you're, you're coming under judgment when you do that. Because the Bible says one word. It says, go. Remember the servant who hid his talents in the ground? We've got too many Christians who are hiding in church. We got too many Christians who are hiding in church, or because of COVID, they're now hiding in their home. Like that's going to save them. We need the Holy Ghost to move through churches today. I don't care if you're Baptist or Methodist or Church of God or Assembly of God. We need to preach the message of holiness, of sanctified through churches today. In the 1800s, it was the Great Awakening was come about because they were preaching holiness. And then after the Civil War, there was a preaching on holiness. And, and that was the second Great Awakening because they preached holiness. They said, come away from your sin. Come away from your sin. You can't be going to the nightclubs. You can't be going to the bars. You can't be going dancing and doing all those things. You got to give yourself holy to the Lord. You got to walk in the Lord. Amen. See, this really isn't a new message, but in a way it feels like it, doesn't it? In a way, it feels like, wait a minute, preacher, you're preaching things that haven't been preached in a while, and you're right. You're, I know, I'm not looked that old, but I am an old-time holiness preacher. We need to get back to who God is, amen? God said it simply like this. He says, he says, be holy, for I am holy. So if I am in God's image, he wants me to be holy, amen? You know what holiness is? Holiness is walking in the Holy Spirit and not living a life that's sinful. It doesn't mean that you're not going to mess up, but that's where grace comes in. But grace doesn't give you an excuse to sin all the more, amen? Grace says, I'm going to cover you because I know you're human and you're frail, but you need to stop sinning. God wants us to live holy, then when he does that, See, I don't know about you, but I, I'm tired of living a life where I feel like that my prayers aren't being answered. Can we just be real with each other? Is that okay? 
I know I'm weird up here in my suspenders and short sleeve shirt, but I'm hot. You're lucky more clothes don't come off. I'm telling you, okay? You're lucky because it may happen. <laughs> You're saying, no, pastor. I saw Will walk in with his shorts this morning. I got blinded, amen? <laughs> and I'm a little jealous. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little jealous. Man, we need God. We need God. We need God to permeate our lives. We need God to permeate everything we knew. We need God in our lives today. Amen. We need the Holy Spirit to move in this church. We need the Holy Spirit to move in your life. Praise God. We need to stop being a people of accommodation and become one of militarization. Not against people but against the rulers of this world. I don't mean the leaders. I don't mean them. I mean the evil, demonic forces that govern this world. That's what we need. That's what we need. Praise God. I'm going to stop here. Because what we're going to do, we're going to get ready for our picnic. Amen? I'm going to continue preaching this message on holiness. I'm going to continue preaching on God. But we need God to move in our lives. Amen. We need God to move in our lives. Praise God. Praise God again. Would you stand with me, please? Richard, will you come close us in prayer? Amen. I hope you all stay for today's lunch. We're going to have a great time. Bless God. listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.